Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. The information processing capabilities of the brain are often reported to reside in the trillions of connections that wire its neurons together. But over the past few decades, mounting research has quietly shifted some of the attention to individual neurons. They seem to shoulder much more computational responsibility than once seemed imaginable. The latest in a long line of evidence about individual neurons comes from scientists' discovery of a new type of electrical signal in the upper layers of the human cortex. Laboratory and modeling studies have already shown that tiny compartments in the dendritic arms of cortical neurons can each perform complicated operations in mathematical logic. But now it seems that individual dendritic compartments can also perform a particularly tricky computation, exclusive OR. Mathematical theorists had previously categorized this as unsolvable by single neuron systems. Albert Guidon is a postdoctoral fellow at Humboldt University in Berlin. He's the first author of the paper that presented these findings in science earlier this year. I think it's safe to say that I believe that we are just scratching the surface of what these neurons are really doing. We still don't understand what they are really doing, these neurons. We understand a lot, don't get me wrong. There was this huge progress in neuroscience, huge. But the level of single neurons, we still have to learn what it exactly does. The discovery marks a growing need for studies of the nervous system to consider the implications of individual neurons as extensive information processors. It means that brains may be an order of magnitude more complicated than we think. It may also prompt some computer scientists to reappraise strategies for artificial neural networks. They've traditionally been built based on the view of neurons as simple, unintelligent switches. Computational neuroscientist Yoyta Parazi explains. People thought that neurons are just summing their inputs and passing them through a threshold and producing an action potential. So linear summing devices. By the way, action potentials are the electrical pulses that neurons fire to communicate with one another. In the 1940s and 50s, a picture began to dominate neuroscience, that of this dumb neuron, a simple integrator, a point in a network that merely summed up its inputs. Branched extensions of the cell, called dendrites, would receive thousands of signals from neighboring neurons. Some are excitatory and some are inhibitory. In the body of the neuron, all those signals would be weighted and tallied. And, as Parazi said, if the total exceeded some threshold, the neuron fired action potentials to stimulate adjacent neurons. Around the same time, researchers realized that a single neuron could also function as a logic gate, similar to those in digital circuits. But it's still not clear how much the brain really computes this way when processing information. For instance, a neuron was effectively an AND gate, a type of digital logic gate, if it fired only after receiving some sufficient number of inputs. So networks of neurons could theoretically perform any computation. Still, this model of the neuron was limited. 
Not only were its guiding computational metaphors too simple, but for decades, scientists lacked the experimental tools to record from the various components of a single nerve cell. The model ignored the fact that the thousands of inputs flowing into a given neuron landed in different locations along its various dendrites. It ignored the idea, which was eventually confirmed, that individual dendrites might function differently from one another. And it ignored the possibility that computations might be performed by other structures within neurons. But that started to change in the 1980s. Neuroscientists Christoph Koch and others did modeling work that was later supported by benchtop experiments. Their work showed that single neurons didn't express a single or uniform voltage signal. Instead, voltage signals decreased as they moved along the dendrites into the body of the neuron and often contributed nothing to the cell's ultimate output. This compartmentalization of signals meant that separate dendrites could be processing information independently of one another. Bartlett Mell, a computational neuroscientist at the University of Southern California, says this was at odds with the point neuron hypothesis. That's when a neuron simply added up everything, regardless of location. So Koch and other neuroscientists, including Gordon Shepard at the Yale School of Medicine, modeled how the structure of dendrites could, in principle, allow neurons to act as complex multi-unit processing systems. They simulated how dendritic trees could host numerous logic operations through a series of complex hypothetical mechanisms. Later, Mel and several colleagues looked more closely at how the cell might be managing multiple inputs within its individual dendrites. What they found surprised them. The dendrites generated local spikes, had their own nonlinear input-output curves, and had their own activation thresholds distinct from those of the neuron as a whole. The dendrites themselves could act as AND gates, or as a host of other computing devices. Porazi says the AND gate means if A and B are individually active, the gate remains closed. But if A and B are active together, the gate opens. It's kind of boosting its own signals. That's one way of thinking about it. It's a nonlinear function, so it also falls under the category of having nonlinearities in the dendrites. Any form of nonlinearity in the dendrites would make the system much more powerful than a linear summation unit. Mel and Parazi, who was his former graduate student, realized that this meant they could conceive of a single neuron as a two-layer network. Parazi says they saw what Guidon had done, showing that there are different types of dendritic spikes in the dendrites of human neurons. So we were discussing what could this mean, what are the kind of computations that these new spikes are trying to solve. So one thing brought the other, and, and then we decided to build a computational model to try to implement what they found from the recordings and see what could be the problem that these uh, the dendritic spikes can solve. In a two-layer network, the dendrites would serve as nonlinear computing subunits, collecting inputs and spitting out intermediate outputs. Those signals would then get combined in the cell body, which would determine how the neuron as a whole would respond. Whether the activity at the dendritic level actually influenced the neurons firing and the activity of neighboring neurons was still unclear. 
But Gordon Shepard of Yale says regardless, that local processing might prepare or condition the system to respond differently to future inputs or help wire it in new ways. Shepard says much of the power of the processing that takes place in the cortex is actually sub-threshold. That means a single-cell neuron system can be more than just one integrative system. Shepard says it can be two layers or even more. In theory, almost any computation might be performed by one neuron with enough dendrites, each capable of performing its own nonlinear operation. In the January science paper, the researchers took this idea one step further. They suggested that a single dendritic compartment might be able to perform these complex computations all on its own. Matthew Larkham, a neuroscientist at Humboldt, and his team started looking at dendrites with a different question in mind. Because dendritic activity had been studied primarily in rodents, the researchers wanted to investigate how electrical signaling might be different in human neurons, which have much longer dendrites. They obtained slices of brain tissue from layers 2 and 3 of the human cortex, which contain particularly large neurons with many dendrites. When they stimulated those dendrites with an electrical current, they noticed something strange. They saw unexpected, repeated spiking. And those spikes seemed completely unlike other known kinds of neural signaling. Here's Albert Guidon. In some of the cells, these spike, when they were strong or high or full amplitude, they affected the cell body and generated outputs. The spikes were particularly rapid and brief, like action potentials, and arose from fluxes of calcium ions. This was noteworthy because conventional action potentials are usually caused by sodium and potassium ions. And while calcium-induced signaling had been previously observed in rodent dendrites, those spikes tended to last much longer. Guidon says stranger still... Once we increase the stimulation the intensity of the stimulation, the cells became smaller and had less effect on the output. That was strange because everything that we know today, or at least everything that we think we know today, is that when you increase the stimulus, you get more. But suddenly we stimulate more and we get less. And this nonlinearity caught our eye. To figure out what the new kind of spiking might be doing, the scientists teamed up with Purazi and Adenazia Papuzzi, a researcher in her lab, the Institute of Molecular Biology and Biotechnology in Greece. They jointly created a model to reflect the neuron's behavior. The model found that the dendrite spiked in response to two separate inputs, but failed to do so when those inputs were combined. This was equivalent to a nonlinear computation known as exclusive OR, or XOR, which yields a binary input of one if one, but only one, of the inputs is one. Got that? This finding immediately struck a chord with the computer science community. XOR functions were for many years deemed impossible in single neurons. In their 1969 book, Perceptrons, computer scientists Marvin Minsky and Seymour Papert offered a proof that single-layer artificial networks could not perform XOR. That conclusion was so devastating that many computer scientists blamed it for the doldrums that neural network research fell into until the 1980s. 
Neural network researchers did eventually find ways of dodging the obstacle that Minsky and Papert identified, and neuroscientists found examples of those solutions in nature. For example, Parazzi already knew XOR was possible in a single neuron. Just two dendrites together could achieve it. But in these new experiments, she and her colleagues were offering a plausible biophysical mechanism to facilitate it in a single dendrite. So this is new and really interesting. What does it mean? For me, it's another degree of flexibility that the system has. So depending on where inhibition is applied, it can have a dual role. It can be inhibitory, silencing the cell, or excitatory, driving it back into the excitation regime. It's another degree of flexibility. It just shows you that this system has many ways of computing, many different ways of computing. Still, Parazzi says there's still a lingering question because a single neuron can already get the job done. You don't really need to have other types of nonlinearities. You can already solve any kind of problem. So why would the system go to all the trouble to come up with more complicated units inside the neuron? That's a key question here. What do you need them for? I don't know. The obvious possibility is that a neuron behaving like a multi-layered network has much more processing power and can therefore learn or store more. Maybe you have a deep network within a single neuron, and that's much more powerful in terms of, again, learning difficult problems, cognition. I mean, there are a lot of ifs here. <laughs> for sure, we, we now know that this is another level of computational power in single neurons that was not there before. What does the brain do with it remains to be seen. Computational neuroscientist Conrad Cording of the University of Pennsylvania says a single neuron may be able to compute truly complex functions. For example, it might, by itself, be able to recognize an object. Parazzi says having such powerful individual neurons might also help the brain conserve energy. Neuroscientist Matthew Larkham's group plans to search for similar signals in the dendrites of rodents and other animals. They want to determine whether this computational ability is unique to humans. They also want to move beyond the scope of their model to associate the neural activity they observed with actual behavior. Meanwhile, Parazzi now hopes to compare the computations in these dendrites to what happens in a network of neurons to suss out any advantages the former might have. I mean, we have to look into what types of problems are not solvable by neurons acting as multilayered perceptrons right now. So this is opening completely new avenues of research in the future to figure out why. This will include testing for other types of logic operations and exploring how those operations might contribute to learning or memory. Until we map this out, we can't really tell how powerful this discovery is. There's still a lot of work to be done, but the researchers believe these findings show that we need to rethink how we model the brain and its broader functions. Focusing on the connectivity of different neurons and brain regions won't be enough. The new results also seem poised to influence questions in the machine learning and artificial intelligence fields. 
Artificial neural networks rely on the point model. They treat neurons as nodes that tally inputs and pass the sum through an activity function. Gary Marcus is a cognitive scientist at New York University and an outspoken skeptic of some of the claims made for deep learning. He says very few people have taken seriously the notion that a single neuron could be a complex computational device. Marcus says the science paper is only one finding in an extensive history of work that demonstrates this idea. But computer scientists might be more responsive to it because it frames the issue in terms of the XOR problem that's dogged neural network research for so long. Marcus says we really need to think about this because the whole idea of how you get smart cognition out of dumb neurons might be wrong. Matt Karlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Jordana Sapelowitz's full article, Hidden Computational Power Found in the Arms of Neurons, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Did neurons evolve twice? Explore the answer in the Quanta book, Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire, published by the MIT Press, available now at amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, or your local bookstore. <music>